the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show, kicking off another week here. Monday is my favorite day of the week. I usually, when I'm not banned off the socials, usually like to start the week by asking all y'all another week. Fill in, fill, finish this sentence. Another week, another dot, dot, dot. Yeah, well, that seems to be kind of the theme for what we've got on tonight's show. Tonight, a whole lot of another week, another round of, and much to get into with you guys tonight. Glad to have you here with me for this ride on my favorite day of the week. Lots of different ways of which you can be a part of the show. 888-344-1170. Are y'all going to miss fraud Fauci? Fauci has announced his retirement, but are the mandates making a comeback, babies, or were they never going to go away in the first place? There's a MAGA showdown happening in Arizona, the hotly contested Arizona coming. This Friday is going to be the showdown. And the showdown is going to be, but according to some people, is going to be between Trump and VP Pence. And the candidates in question are kind of now being referred to on the Republican side as fake lake, or is it going to be Rhino Robson? Neither sounds particularly good. Well, we're going to help you guys get to the bottom of that. The Pelosi's are at it again, lying in their pockets in all the best ways that they know how as, as part of Congress while they're pickpocketing your pockets. We've got that to get into with you tonight, as well as the, the Dems trying to work off of the Roe v. Wade overturning and trying to work off Senator Cruz's comments are demanding today to explode the Supreme Court. So, so, so much to get into with you guys tonight. You can always, uh, in addition to calling us here, 888-344-1170. You can email me. I got lots of emails over the weekend. I'll try to get to a couple, read a couple of them to you guys tonight. AndreaKshow.com. Whew, now I can take a breath and bring in my man, my partner in crime every night of the week. I know Monday's his favorite day of the week too, because then he gets to come back and, <laughs> and work with me here, right? DJ Potato Skins, um, can I get an amen? Another week, another viewing of Top Gun Maverick. And two, <laughs> no, favorite day would be Friday. Okay, well, you know, except you were texting me yesterday, so you know you were missing me over the I weekend, I wanted you baby. to enjoy the patriotic movie. Uh, yes, indeedy. Okay, so let me say for me at this point, which leads me to our lead-in story tonight, it's another week, another revelation of the failure coming from the Uvalde 
I can't even call them law enforcement because that's that's too kind of an expression. That's too kind of a designation to give them. We now find there was a 77-page report that was issued. I'm not really sure the need of it, although the, well, there was actually a couple of, of revelations. We all saw the video last week. We all knew from the jump from the day the shooting occurred that it wasn't adding up. The From the video images of the parents being being held down and not being allowed to go in to rescue their kids. If they see children being rescued, parents don't typically try to do the police job, but the, the law enforcement's job when law enforcement's doing their jobs, right? And it was clear that it wasn't while the children were still in the schools. While the children were still in the schools being shot and their little bodies bleeding out, we were getting conflicting reports over what was happening. Well, the 77-page r- report kind of reveals pretty much it, it, I think it truly does get to the bottom line. It reveals that there were, wait for it, 376 law enforcement personnel on the grounds at the Robb Elementary School. 376. How in the world did 376 police officers arrive and not and and not one child in that classroom's life be spared. Not one was saved. 149 of the 376, 149 of them were U.S. Border Patrol agents. 91 of them were Texas Department of Public Safety officers. The rest were everything from 25 Uvalde Police Department, 16 San Antonio Police Department, 16 Uvalde County Sheriff's Department, 14 DHS. 13 United States Marshals, 8 DEA, 7 Frio County Sheriff's Office, 5 Kenny County Sheriffs, uh, uh, you know, on and on and on and on. Meanwhile, Uvalde Schools Police Chief Pete Arredondo, who as of yet has not been fired and still has a badge and still collects a paycheck, was reportedly, uh, 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 and, and this we, we knew early on, His contention was that he was convinced that the attacker had barricaded himself, ceasing to be an active shooter. And for that reason, an active shooter style response was not maintained, except the problem was somebody barricading himself is not in and of itself the definition of a barricaded shooter versus active shooter. Because you know what? Somebody could be barricaded and still have victims in the room with them, as was the case here. And the excuse that it was a that that he just somehow mistakenly considered this person a barricaded shooter doesn't hold water. And you want to know why? Because according to this report, he was actually on the phone with the shooter knowing the children were in the room. And as he was begging the shooter, he was he was on the phone with the shooter and he was doing things like begging the shooter to give him his name. Um, you know, how many kids do you have in there when the shooter hung up on him? That was when and, and we saw and, and we knew last week that at one point they were there for over 77 minutes. At they uh, they knew that there were children inside of the room with him. How did they know? Because 40 uh, something minutes in, they heard more shots. There also was a little matter of the. 911 calls in which children were on the phone with 911 begging for help the entire time. Aridano said this, Aaron Aridondo told the special Texas House panel this. When there's, get this just kills me, Skins. You, you think this guy is an idiot and bad enough. Wait do you hear this. When there's a threat, you have to visibly 
be able to see the threat. You have to have a target before you can engage your firearm. No, they know where he is. That's just something that's gone through my head a million times. Getting fired at through the wall, coming from a blind wall. I had no idea what was on the other side of that wall. But you eliminate the threat when you could see it. I never saw a threat. What? Skins, are you kidding me? He was on the phone with the threat. He was on the phone with the shooter. They knew exactly where he was. They knew where he was? They had contact with him. They knew there were children in the room. Everything that every one of them have said about this instance was a lie. 376 police officers. Yeah, there was only 14 or 19 in the hallways because you couldn't fit all 376 of them in the hallways. But there was 376 of them all standing around with their fingers in their noses, which is probably why one of them went over and got some hand sanitizer because he was standing around picking his nose. That's what went on. Have to be able to see the threat. Um, so, so I, I, I'm sorry. I thought that's what SWAT teams did. They that's what that that's what all How many the times I've seen them beat down doors. Isn't that what they that the device that was delivered to them that starts with an H, um, the Hallinger tool that pries doors open um, because they know somebody is behind. I mean, th- I, I, I'm being facetious, but we know there's about 925 different tools. Uh, as well as weapons that are strictly for the purpose of going through a wall or a door to get to a shooter. There is a way. The idea that we can't do anything until we see somebody is absolutely mind-numbingly, moronically, intellectually insulting, and not just to me, but most importantly to the families of these dead children who deserved better. And to think that these children who lost their lives unnecessarily because they were betrayed by these these so-called law enforcement officers, that their dead bodies were exploited for political purposes makes it even worse. There was another shooting over this weekend, and I'm not even just talking about the 21 people shot in Chicago. There was actually another mass shooter situation that was stopped by a good guy with a gun. And good guys with guns is something that we need to be talking about. We're going to share that story with you guys later about what happened in Indiana Mall, as well as some other really interesting poll numbers and things, as well as uh, Gavin Newsom's plan to stop good guys from stopping bad guys with guns. We're going to share that with you all later. But right now, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Fauci has announced his retirement, kind of. Um, But have the mandates, are they making a comeback anyway? Because of this BA5 uh, variant, we've got the first time guest on the Andrea K show is going to be with us here. He is author Stephen W. Mosher, and he's written a book called Pig to Pandemics. And he's going to be here to talk about fraud Fauci and everything you need to know about COVID-19, its origins, and fraud Fauci. So stay tuned. This is the Andrea K show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. 888-344-1170. Were you excited at the announcement today from Fraud Fauci? Everybody does a Fauci impersonation. I don't because, quite frankly, I'm sick of hearing the, the, little, uh, the little dudes 
mouth run, right? Uh, we have a saying in the South, some people talk to hear their head run, and that's clearly Fraud Fauci at certain times. Um, of course, he makes the announcement that he's going to be retiring. doesn't make it official, but everybody knows it's going to be at the end of the Biden administration. He's going to stick around post the midterms to try to throw a wrench into freedom wherever he can. Here to discuss Fraud Fauci and his... Um, threatening us with a good time by announcing his retirement is Steve Mosher from um, the author, Steve Mosher. He's got a book out called The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. Uh, I referred to it in the last segment as uh, Pig to Pandemics. I particularly like that title. Uh, welcome to the Andrea K. Show, Steve Mosher. Oh, it's great to be with you, Andrea, and I love your introduction. Well, <laughs> thank you. Um, I feel like with you, I can certainly uh, feel free to be politically incorrect here. Um, you know, um, isn't it a shame that actually believing in science these days is the politically incorrect position? It, it is a bizarre world that we find ourselves in, but it's good news, you know, that the wrongest man in America will finally be retiring at some point, probably uh, right before he's kicked out uh, of the White House. He'll he'll hang on until the last day. Mm-hmm. Um, he should have retired years ago, of course, because this is the man single-handedly responsible for the failed COVID policies of the past two and a half years. And uh, the announcement of his retirement did not come early, uh, nearly early enough for me, of course. And, and of course, People need to understand that, that Fauci's first errors began a long time before the present pandemic, although they, they played a key role in enabling it. You see, because what he did back in 2010 and 2011, 11 years ago, 12 years ago now, is he was the chief cheerleader and funder of gain-of-function research. Remember what that is. Mm-hmm. That makes the viruses more infectious and more deadly. Gain-of-function research was what was going on in the Wuhan lab after it was banned here in the United States. He's the only one who kept that alive. He's the one who funded it. Uh, Of course, he was possessed, uh, I don't mean that literally, by the dangerous idea that deadly viruses could be created and studied in the lab to prevent the next pandemic. And, of course, the People's Liberation Army, the Chinese Communist Party, was happy for its scientists to be taught these techniques in Fauci-funded labs. They were happy to take Fauci's money to collect bat coronaviruses and happy to use the techniques that that the head of the Wuhan Institute of Virology had learned in the United States, by Mm -hmm. the way, uh, to create new and dangerous coronaviruses. So that's where this all began, even before the, the, the pandemic. So he's he's the godfather of this whole thing. Well, yeah, and there, and the CCP was happy to to learn this, and the scientists over there were were happy to learn this technique because it, whether or not this was uh, an intentional biological weapon, it certainly took out a lot of China's enemies, didn't it? Well, it did, and 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 look, let's let's be clear about uh, what happened in China. China's had a bioweapon program in place for decades. They saw this new technology, and while Fauci may have been thinking of using it for noble scientific purposes. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party thought to use it to create a bioweapon, and they did. Uh, the coronavirus was a, a bioweapon in development. Uh, they talked about this way back in 2017. Uh, the head of China's bioweapons program, a Major General Chun, Major General Chun Wei gave a secret speech in 2017 in which he said, uh, first you need the spear before you can develop the shield. What's mm. the spear? Well, the spear is the bioweapon. The spear is the coronavirus. The shield would be a vaccine. Well, they were working on a vaccine. They had the spear. They, they needed the shield. They were working on a vaccine to vaccinate their army 
and their Communist Party members before they released it on the world. And guess what happened? During the vaccine trials, uh, the actual virus leaked out of the lab. And after that, it was spread around the world. So when people say, did it leak out of the lab or was it spread deliberately? The answer is both and. Mm -hmm. It did come out during vaccine trials. They didn't intend to release it on their own people, but they certainly did intend to release it upon the world. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. And fraud Fauci proceeded to, uh, as revealed in some emails, which which is why it's astounding that he continued in this position. The highest paid government worker in the United States government continues yeah. to keep his job when it was proven. Many things from emails that came out, um, in addition to things like uh, admitting that masks don't work, right, um, that there were emails uh, and it can get very complicated. So I'll just narrow it down to say that there were emails in which he defended the, the communist scientists and cooked up and collaborated with them and others, including the organization that funneled the money to them uh, to hide everything, everything related to that from the American people. In fact, in January of 2020, he was going, you know, nothing to see here, nothing to worry about. Right. And Trump was the bigot for trying to stop people from coming here from China. So the cover up began early on by Fauci. And then, of course, it was the opportunity Fast forward once, you know, uh, it, it was hitting around the world, then it became the perfect opportunity for the Marxist in the United States government led by fraud Fauci and um, Burks uh, to then whisper into Trump's ear and convince him that 20 million people will die if they don't shut down a three trillion dollar economy and shut healthy people into their homes. Oh, yeah. It was just error after error after error. And at some point you begin to think, is this guy doing it deliberately? Yes. He's setting about to destroy the United States because once China had released a pandemic on the world, he immediately engaged in a cover up. I was I was one of those who was called a conspiracy theorist. I wrote a piece in the February uh, 2020 edition of The New York Post. I think I was the first one to do it, saying this came from the lab. This may have been a bioweapon. I was called a conspiracy theorist. I was canceled on social media on, on the orders of the Biden administration. And guess what? Who was actually concocting the conspiracy? Fauci. He was a, concocting a conspiracy to cover up what he had done in funding the lab and in creating this monster in the first place. And then once we had a pandemic on our hand, he did everything wrong. He opposed the travel ban. I mean, my goodness, he was saying travel bans don't work. And Trump fortunately didn't listen to him. But that was only the first of his many blunders. He then went around the world saying we're all going to die. He told us in the beginning that that the disease was so deadly that a single droplet in the air could infect and kill us all. He said stopping the spread of this disease would not be easy. Uh, This is a pandemic that comes along once a century or, or so. And he suggested if we didn't follow his instructions to the letter, millions, tens of millions of Americans could die. But all of his instructions were wrong. The masking didn't help. Uh, The social distancing didn't help. The lockdowns destroyed the economy, destroyed the education of their children. Uh, They didn't help. But who questioned Fauci's dictates? You know, he was assumed to be the voice of scientific rationality. And if he didn't believe it, he was going to tell you that himself. Yeah, and um, I was considered a kook and a conspiracy theorist because it didn't make sense to me. We're talking to Steve Mosher, author of the book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. And I was one of the very few people, one of maybe a handful of people who said these lockdowns don't make sense. The numerical models they're using coming out of London don't make sense. They were actually using some methodology from a guy out of New Orleans who had written a book about the Spanish flu. And even now, Trump will go around and tell people, but for his shots, 20 million people it would have been like the spanish flu all over again and i and i said from the beginning it didn't make sense 
it didn't make sense that it was not, it was it could not be both as infectious as everybody was claiming and as deadly as everybody was claiming because otherwise we would have the streets littered with dead bodies and our hospitals would be overrun and neither of it was true so the locked and there was never and if and you can't tell me on the one hand that all these million people are going to die and then also on the other hand tell me we have to take these extraordinary measures because we don't know enough yet about it to know how many people are going to die well which is it so, yeah, you know, the, yeah, the exactly. answer and the answer should always be in the United States of America, Mr. Mosher. The answer should always be to any problem is freedom and individual choice. Right. Absolutely. He he was wrong about everything. We thought that he must have reams of scientific evidence to back up the claims he was making. The lethality of the coronavirus, the ease of its spread, masking, social distancing, testing, all those draconian restrictions. He had nothing. As it turns out, if you actually read the scientific literature, he was wrong on every point. And we lost our liberty as a result. Kids lost two years of education. People were humiliated around the country for daring to do things like cut hair or even leave their home to go shopping. Uh, it was insane the, the, what happened to us. And the problem I have with all of this is, look, uh, we now have an administration that will not call China or Fauci to account uh, for the errors and crimes that they've made. Uh, we don't have a president who will even speak the word China in a negative way because China has the goods on him. So we're not demanding reparations from China. We should. Everybody who lost a business should get reparations from China. Everybody who lost a loved one or fell sick from the coronavirus should be paid by China for their loss. Um, tens of trillions of dollars in economic damage caused. We should be uh, demanding that China pay the consequences for its actions, but we're not. We're not. China released successfully a bioweapon on the world, caused trillions of dollars of damage, millions of deaths, and they're not being called to account. They've come out of the stronger. We're relatively weaker. And tell me why they wouldn't do it again. Right. And and it, when it... W- as we go into 2024, I want Trump to explain what he would do different, because as Fauci's resigning, uh, he said that he's basically leaving behind. Uh, he you know, I have picked the bet. He says, and I quote, um, I can I can um, I don't think there's anything else I Tony Fauci can do except leave behind an institution where I have picked the best people in the country, if not the world, who will continue my vision. That's kind of a scary thought in regards to the Republicans. He says that and their plans to probe and investigate him he says i don't i i don't think that they can say anything about the science i disagree he says if that's what you want to investigate be my guest what should they investigate fauci for well the the proper response on trump's part to to fauci's claim to have left good people in office is two words you're fired yes Uh, the whole fauci crew should go everybody who conspired with him and even those who stood idly by and let the health of americans be ruined and be used as an excuse for tyranny should be fired as well. They weren't doing their job. They weren't looking at the at the broader health implications of the lockdowns, the shutdowns, the loss of job, the rise in drug use, the harm to our children. And I think the harm to our children is probably uh, we, we will probably see that unfold for years to come. These kids have lost two years of their education. They've been traumatized by masking and social distancing, and, and they're going to suffer the consequences for a long time to come. So the investigation should should uh, lead to two consequences. One is that the Fauci crew uh, should be ejected from uh, from the uh, the government altogether, and that China should be be called to account for its crimes. Um, 
What I would like, excuse me for interrupting before I forget, what I would like to see investigations on is um, I would like them to work with Adam Angievsky from Open the Books and look into the money ties and the truth behind the therapeutics that Fauci uh, instructed hospitals not to use and doctors weren't allowed to prescribe um, because it benefited the big pharma shot manufacturers and um, as well as the, rem- you know, you, you weren't allowed to take hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin at home. No, you had to wait until you were sick, you know, and on death's door. Then you were taken to a hospital and given no choice but a ventilator and remdesivir. And I'd like investigations into that. Your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts on that in the politically incorrect guide to pandemics, I point out that you can't have an emergency use authorization for a vaccine if there's an effective therapeutic drug. So they had to dis about the therapeutic drugs. They had to claim they didn't work when they actually did. Otherwise, they couldn't use the emergency use authorization to make $100 billion for the big pharma companies. By the way, Pfizer uh, in Washington, D.C., where I am right now, has 86 lobbyists. We have almost as many Pfizer lobbyists in D.C. as we do have American senators, and they're visiting the offices every day and making promises. Uh, so there's, there's, there's that problem as well. Um, but again, you know, eighty-one-year-old, uh, eighty-one-year-old uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, it's time for him to go. I mean, he forgot about natural immunity. I had COVID early. I had it in February of 2020. I haven't had a problem with it since. I don't need therapeutic drugs because I don't get sick from COVID. I don't certainly don't need a vaccine, uh, which is actually emergency gene therapy. But you don't have to be an immunologist to understand about natural immunity. I mean, we've known about natural immunity uh, since the plague of Athens in uh, 200 years before the birth of Christ. How's that? And and Tony Fauci apparently forgot all about it or wasn't willing to talk about it uh, for the sake of power and profit. And uh, that shouldn't happen again. Well, I would love for everybody to read your book, Politically Incorrect Guide uh, to Pandemics, where you can learn all kinds of things about it. In particular, I, I read here that virtually every plague in history has originated in China, and that's who has benefited so much um, from the COVID-19 um, scourge that happened around the world, as well as the United States' response to it. Tell everybody how they can get the book. Well, the book is available on uh, on Amazon, of course. You can also get it from my institute, which is called the Population Research Institute. Uh, our website is pop.org, pop.org. Uh, if you do order it from us, I'll have a chance to sign it before I send it out. Um, but uh, Fauci should retire. Uh, he should have retired uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, well, actually, I think he should have been fired and stripped of any pension in my mind. And so as well as then be investigated by the IRS and and Congress and for his financial dealings involved here. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it so much. And I hope you have a great rest of your night. Thank you, Andrea. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned because Ted Cruz, man, he made a couple of comments that had to do with Roe v. Wade being overturned um, involving same-sex marriage. Is there a chance that now, after SCOTUS has overturned Roe v. Wade, that they might overturn Obergefell centralizing and legalizing across the country same-sex marriage? We're going to talk about it when we come back from the break. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay show. You know what? Whether or not you think that the Republicans should be talking about overturning Roe v. Wade, uh, uh, not overturning Roe v. Wade, but overturning 
Obergefell, which is the Roe v. Wade for same-sex marriage. Uh, you you got to admit that it's super fun seeing the left get hysterical at the very mention of it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We might actually have another situation to where the Supreme Supreme Court actually returns the power back to the people and lets them decide for themselves what should be happening in their country. Uh, I'm going to play this clip from Ted Cruz where he explains boldly and courageously what Oberga, what uh, and the reason why he was even asked about quote Obergefell, which is the legal case that was decided by the Supreme Court that that legalized gay marriage across the country is because my man Clarence Thomas. I started reading his book this weekend. Just absolutely fantastic human being, and his life story is just absolutely mesmerizing. He was the one who mentioned it. And as a side note, uh, upon uh, as part of uh, as part of his concurrence, I believe it was in overturning Roe v. Wade. Skins, can you please play Ted Cruz talking about striking down how Obergefell was clearly wrong? Uh, clip two. If you were at, in this role as an advocate, and Obergefell was in front of the Supreme Court again in some way, what would be the the vulnerability of this case? What would be the argument uh, against this case, or the argument for overturning it? So look, Obergefell, like Roe versus Wade, ignored two centuries of our nation's history. Marriage was always an issue that was left to the states. Uh, we saw states before Obergefell that were moving. Some states were moving to allow gay marriage. Other states were uh, moving to allow uh, civil partnerships. There, there were different standards that the states were adopting. And had the court not ruled in Obergefell, the democratic process would have continued to operate. That if you believed gay marriage was a good idea, the way the Constitution set up for you to advance that position is convince your fellow citizens. And if you succeeded in convincing your fellow citizens, then your state would change the laws to reflect those views. Uh, in Obergefell, the court said, no, we know better than you guys do. And now every state must uh, m- must sanction and, and permit gay marriage. Um, I think that decision was clearly wrong when it was decided. Um, it was the court overreaching. Whether the court will reverse it, I, I will say, so in Dobbs, what the Supreme Court said is Roe is different because it's the only one of the cases that involves the taking of a human life, and that's qualitatively different. I agree with that proposition. I don't, because if you're going to, and I didn't at the time in which, I, that I applauded Clarence Thomas for bringing up Obergefell at the time, because if the idea is... Roe was bad law because it wasn't law, because it wasn't observing the law. It wasn't upholding the Constitution. In fact, it was denying the Constitution because we're a republic of states and that decision needed to be made at the state level. Then the same argument holds for Obergefell. In fact, why did Obergefell happen? Because here in the state of California and far left California, Democrats joined with independents and joined with Republicans in passing Proposition 8 which held that marriage was to be between a man and a woman. And almost immediately, a lawsuit was filed and a judge stepped in and stopped that from going further. Denying all those people, Proposition 8 was put on the ballot and it was voted by the citizens of California. There's, what, 40 million Californians? And the majority of them voted to make traditional marriage the law of the state of California. The people spoke. And they decided, you know what, we got to go, we got to take this to the Supreme Court because the idea is, which was the idea from Roe, which I've talked about many times, the idea is let's get the Supreme Court 
to pretend that we're following the law when what we're really is legislating from the bench and we're going to push and cement into law forever what the Democrats want the agenda to be. That's why they're hysterical over Roe v. Wade. They don't care anything about a woman's rights. They don't even believe in women. You can't even get them to tell you what the definition of a woman is. Right? Um, So uh, I I disagree with Ted Cruz in terms of saying that it's not going to go anywhere because nobody's life is at risk. Well, you know what? The future of America is at risk. My, my, My voice. At the same token, I've got another clip to play for you to where this activist, because today the big push now is, oh my gosh, they may return some more freedoms to the people and leave it up to the people at the state level to decide. We got to pack the court. We got to expand the court. And it's interesting when I when we play this one clip, Skins Clip 5, where this activist, I don't know who this person is, not particularly articulate, says that, we well, we have to pack the court. They had this whole like press conference today uh, because the Supreme Court wants to, quote, ban and criminalize freedom of speech. I think it's quite the au contraire. Mona me. Skins, please play clip five. Prior to the decision, do you trust this Supreme Court for what comes next? No. 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 Overturning Roe was just the beginning. Now anti-abortion for- forces are seeking to ban and criminalize interstate travel for patients who want to leave states where abortion is banned. They want to ban and criminalize freedom of speech for organizations and individuals like me who simply share the World Health Organization protocol for how medication abortion works. There are also efforts that they are talking about and developing model legislation for to actually establish official state religions. In short, with this stacked Supreme Court, the entire Bill of Rights is at (laughs) risk for abortion rights for the Bill of Rights, for the future of democracy and individual freedoms. We must act now to save the Supreme Court and to save our country. We must pass the Judiciary Act now. And so I'm so pleased to introduce our champion and ally, Congressman Mondaire Jones. Thank you so much. Who nobody's ever heard of before. I heard, Skins, that this Supreme Court's about to force vegans to start eating fried chicken. That's what I heard, too. I mean, it could happen. It's nothing wrong with fried chicken. It's so the opposite. The Democrats are always guilty of what they accuse others of. It is the it is the Democrats who are trying to use the Supreme Court to deny you your rights. And what is your fundamental right? You do not have a fundamental right in the U.S. Constitution to kill another human being simply because of geography that they happen to be with inside of another human being. You do have the right as as a citizen to vote and express yourself. Your most fundamental right in terms of freedom of speech and freedom of expression comes at the ballot box, and that's what they're trying to deny you. But it gets even worse. I found this other clip, and if you can bear with me, (laughs) this one made me chuckle because this is how hyperbolic they've got to get now. Now, it went from that speaker to somebody named Mondaire who was so inarticulate, I didn't even bother to pull his clip. But now we've got somebody, some young gal, bless her heart, she looks like she's fresh out of Berkeley, uh, Lauren Malnus, uh, from some, uh, from some organization called Sunrise Movements. <laughs> now it's gotten to where expanding the Supreme Court is necessary for our survival. Skins, please play clip six. Let's be Malnus very serious. Malnus from Sunrise Movement. Hi, everyone. My name is Lauren Malnus. I am Sunrise Movement's advocacy director. During the hottest summer on record, while floods, wildfires, and droughts ravage our communities, the Supreme Court's six corporate-backed justices sided with coal companies over our communities 
to make it significantly harder for the EPA to do its job of limiting toxic emissions and stopping the climate crisis. I'm here because I know that we need and deserve a strong democratic government that protects the safety and needs of its people, not of corporate executives. Let's stop right there. I got let's, let's let's stop right there. Does that not sound so much like COVID? We 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 got to ha- we got to have a government that's protecting the people, right? IE we got to have a government controlling the lives of the individual. And this is this is through, you know, climate change hoaxerism, uh, you know, this is, she's probably has a degree. She, sun, she's Sunrise Movement's advocacy director, which means she probably has a degree in climate change hucksterism uh, from Huckster University. Continue. This government is not unrealistic nor impossible. In fact, it's simply necessary for our survival. My generation will not sit back and watch our democratic leadership share platitudes and dodge responsibility while the white supremacist GOP destroys our democracy. (laughs) Democrats are at a crossroads. They can continue their current path of protecting the status quo, and we can keep watching the GOP strip away our fundamental rights, or they can step up and fight, expand the court, and do everything in their power to protect us. And I know my generation is not going to stop fighting until we live to see that day. So with that, I'm honored to pass it to Congresswoman Tlaib. Thank you. So she she passes on the torch of supposed fighting for freedoms to Rashida Tlaib, who draped herself in the Palestinian flag. Uh, There were so many mixed metaphors in there. So many, you know, I mean, uh, of course, she had to throw white supremacy in their skins because, you know, it's supposed to be about climate change or protecting people from, you know, climate change. But then, of course, you know, they've got to be protected from the evil white supremacist of which, you know, I think we now have. The Supreme Court, I believe, if I'm incorrect, is minority white. Are they not the, the majority of Supreme Court justices minorities at this point? Um, it's kind of funny, but I, I wanted to play this because we can survive a Joe Biden presidency. We can't. This country cannot survive having millions and millions and millions of, the, of this type of individual out there who's steeped in hysteria. That has no no rational rational thought, no rational science, no data, nothing behind her, but a, 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 just an inherent desire to have government control everybody's lives, and stupidly thinking, moronically, mind-numbingly, stupidly thinking that she's never going to suffer under the weight of that government tyranny that she's seeking to impose on everybody else. We're going to take a break. We come back. What else are we going to talk about when we come back? Meow. I think we might save that for next hour. You know, we didn't have time when we were talking about Fauci going away. We talked about Fauci going away. We didn't talk about retiring. We didn't talk about which mandates might be might be making a comeback. So I think we might talk about that in the time we have remaining. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you wait for your cat, your feline friend, your feline friend story. It's so zany. <laughs> Stay tuned. More Andrea K show coming up. This is the Andrea K show on AM 1170. The answer, San Diego. You're listening to the Andrea K show on the Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. My man here is just anxious. He's he's just. He's he's so he's so anxious for the feline story that he can taste it, right? Isn't that how Biden put it? He can taste it. Well, I know. we're <laughs> I can taste it. Say what? 
say, well, we're going to share that story. We're going to hold off on that and share that story with you guys. Yeah, there's all kinds of crazy um, identity. Uh, isn't that what people call it when they when they identify? We got all kinds of self-identification fun to share with you guys in the next segment. Uh, last hour, though, or last Two segments ago, we talked about Fauci announcing his retirement, and he's on his way out, but are some of the mandates making their way back in? And that appears to be the case, at least here in San Diego. San Diego County Unified School District has re-implemented and re-instituted mask mandates. If you, and this according to San Diego Unified School District, quote, if your student is participating in summer school or other summer enrichment program, please send them to school or their program with a mask. If they do not have one, masks will be provided. In other words, your kid's going to be forced to wear a mask if you bring your kid to school. One way or the other, students and staff will be required to wear their masks while indoors only. Oh, okay, well, that's good. I guess they're not going to make them wear it sitting outside eating lunch. Uh, on May 24, an established, established health, quote, criteria was approved by the board in order for masks to return to schools, according to district officials. Why in May 24? This is like July. So this goes back to May. So in other words, they were just waiting for the CDC to come out and give them an excuse oh, yeah. to shove masks back on kids. Um, this this just goes to show what a mistake it was, the gravest mistake that this country has ever made politically to ever go along with anything that Fraud Fauci had to say. He should have never been given a microphone, never been given uh, any credibility whatsoever. Trump should have fired him. Uh, well, yeah. And he shouldn't just never. Nobody nobody ever needed to know who he was, really, because there is there is no desire. If there was if you actually believed that at some point you were going to get your lives back, that normal will return when the shots come out and the vaccines. Now they're not even, they're not even pretending anymore that these shots do anything of value. I mean, you, they're running ads in San Diego. They don't do anything, but you still need them. Well, they're saying on the radio, what they're doing is they're, is they're saying that, oh, you know, the, the, the only a third or whatever i can't remember the stat they use in the commercial but only x percentage of americans have gotten the shots and you know the shots go a long way in keeping you from getting worse than you could there's no way to even measure that that's just such nonsense there's no way to measure that and when you've got people trying to convince you of something when they have no evidence of it it's not science it's huckstery it's voodooism right i don't mean you know in the literal sense um, but they never had any plan for us to ever get back to normal. And when you look at the numbers of what they're making off of these shots, um, you know, as well as the power that it gives them to usher in. And, and I think it, and, and I think it's perfect timing, right, um, as, as we're going into the midterms for them to be bringing back uh, for them to be bringing back uh, COVID. In fact, here's Biden's assistant there health secretary. What's that? There's not enough time. The music's about to start. All right. Well, it's 34 second clip. So we are certainly con- still concerned with COVID-19. The pandemic is not done yet. And we're concerned, as you said, with the rise of the of the uh, B- particularly the BA5 That's variant, which seems to be the most contagious variant yet. Um, but we know what works. We have the tools in the toolbox in order to. Well, address that's, it. there it is. COVID isn't done. It's it's making a comeback, baby. And we're going to be right back as well. Hour two of the Andrea K show on its way. Stay tuned. we got the feline story that skins can't wait for you guys to hear. Don't go anywhere. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.